Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the one and only Maya Culpa podcast, now on the Mighty Midas Touch Network. So look for all future episodes of our show behind the blue banner, and we're really glad you're here. But now for the news. As we wait to hear how a three-judge DC appeals court will rule on Trump's bogus claims that he's immune to prosecution, Friday, January 26th, was a beautiful day in court for E. Jean Carroll. An anonymous jury of her peers awarded her $83.3 million. That's what Donald Trump has been ordered to pay in damages for defaming Miss Carroll, for mercilessly lying about her multiple times, for ruining her reputation and destroying her business. He's been ordered to pay 83.3 million bucks. 83.3 million. And this is on top of the $5 million that he was ordered to pay in his last defamation trial against Carol. So all I can say is, that's going to take a whole lot of donation dollars to pay off. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. So of course he'll appeal. He lives to appeal. But eventually, case by case, trial by trial, the self-proclaimed billionaire will be financially ruined. And you think that Trump would shut the fuck up on the day that he was being sentenced. But no, no. From the courtroom Friday, he shot off no less than 14 different posts defaming Carol again. I mean, Trump can't be stopped. He won't be stopped. But, but, at some point, he's going to wish he hired some half-decent lawyers. His current counsel, Alina Haba, acts like an actress on a bad episode of Law and Order, huffing and puffing and stomping around the courtroom in stilettos. Early on Friday, before the jury even came in, Ms. Haba was arguing with Judge Kaplan about a piece of evidence that she wanted to be admitted into her closing. But here's the problem. She was too late. She hadn't followed procedure, and the judge said, uh, no. But Haba couldn't shut up about it. And finally, finally, Judge Kaplan blew up, saying, and I quote, you are on the verge of spending some time in the lockup. Now sit down. And that was all before closing argument had even begun. A short time later, Trump shuffled out of the courtroom, followed by his schlepper-in-chief, Boris Epstein. And why? Not because he needed to go change his pampers, but because he couldn't stand to just sit there. Sit there and listen as Carol's excellent lawyers make the case against him, asking for compensatory damages for, quote, unleashing a storm of hate on their client after she accused him of rape. Trump used this time outside the courtroom to attack the judge as an extremely abusive individual on social media. And here's the quote. Judge Kaplan is refusing me my constitutional right to due process, to defend myself against this false accusation, he whined on his fake Twitter account. 
This is a one-sided trial where the other side is allowed everything and we are allowed nothing. Well, here's what I gotta say to you, Donald. Boo fucking who? I know what it feels like to be E. Jean Carroll, to be in her place. Not the rape, but to be defamed, to be abused, to be con consistently maligned by you. You have no idea the damage that you cause. But you know what? Now you're gonna pay for it, motherfucker. 88.3 million b-b-b-b-b-b-bucks. Then, Trump returned to the courtroom roughly 40 minutes later, hoping his lawyers wouldn't tank their summation. But no such luck. Why? Because they fucking sucked. And just as an example of how bad Trump's legal team is, on Thursday, for some idiotic fucking reason, Habadabababababa put Trump on the stand. And he only lasted for a whopping three minutes. I mean, there's a joke in there somewhere. But that little act backfired big time. Or as Trump would say, bigly. He was cut off and put in his place because the judge wasn't having it. And neither was the jury, made up of two women and seven men. They did not buy Trump's last minute lame attempts to defend himself. With this, I'm not guilty. I never met her bullshit. Since the beginning of the trial, both Trump and Haba have portrayed the judge as being biased against them. I mean, that's not something we didn't expect. But the Honorable Judge Lewis Kaplan is basically above reproach. And by standing up to Fat Man and Haba, he was restoring law and order to a courtroom that they desperately wanted to turn into a circus, but couldn't. Friday's verdict said, not today, Donald. Not today. Take all your fucking blowhard, misogynistic disregard for the rule of law and shove it up your fucking ass. And one more thing about now Trump tries to twist his failures into cash donations from the cult. He, of course, he blamed the verdict on Joe Biden and the Democrats. Again, with the fake tweaks on the fake Twitter, he posted, Absolutely ridiculous. I fully disagree with both verdicts and will be appealing the whole Biden-directed witch hunt focused on me and the Republican Party. Our legal system is out of control and being used as a political weapon. They have taken away all First Amendment rights. This is not America. I mean, the statement is bullshit and everybody but the MAGA cult and Donald Trump knows it. Now, Republicans are a lot of things, but they're not uniformly stupid. I mean, some seem to be waking up from the Trump nightmare. They are perhaps seeking an alternative, and Nikki Haley seems to be their last best hope. Now, saying you're going to ban everyone who donates to Nikki Haley from MAGA camp may sound tough to Trump, at least in his head. But in reality, it's an incredibly weak and stupid fucking move that's gonna cost him. This coming Tuesday, Nikki Haley is hosting a fundraiser in New York City, and some of the top donors in the Republican class will be there to support her. And it doesn't stop there. She's going to at least five other major cities doing the exact same thing, raking in cash to keep her campaign alive. 
Now, I may not like Nikki Haley, but I'm happy to defend her right to stay in the race and piss the maggots off. Plus, there have only been two primaries so far, so she absolutely should not let Trump's people intimidate her into quitting. Because right now, she's got juice. She's popular with independents and women. And rather than be forced out, she should leave on her own terms. I've even heard it said that she should go full Liz Cheney, scorched earth on Trump, and walk away like a superhero instead of slinking away like a chump. And I'm looking at you, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious, Ron Meatballs DeSantis, or whatever the fuck people call you. You see, she won't, of course. She's still the same arch-conservative, anti-abortion flip-flopper that she's always been. But the fact that someone is mounting an attack against Trump from within the party is a good sign of things to come. Because as Haley said on Friday, Trump is totally unhinged and likely going to be convicted on felonies by the time November rolls around. And now for the main event. One of our favorite guests is on today, Scott Dorkin. Dorkin, an intrepid journalist with a long history of standing up to corrupt leaders, he co-founded the Democratic Coalition and is the host of the Dorkin Report and the Dorkin Daily Podcast. Dorkin has worked with hundreds of political campaigns and progressive organizations, and he's here with us today to share his insights as we head into the early days of the 2024 election. So let's go now to that conversation. Okay, Scott, so it's great to have you back on the show. Let's just jump right into it. What do you make of the roadblocks that Republicans are putting in the way of solving, for example, the border crisis? Is this just election year shenanigans or is it the beginning of a civil war? Uh, I, you know, I think it's election year shenanigans. But uh, if you think about it, there's a road to fix what they call an immigration crisis. And so then, therefore, they are the ones standing in the way of fixing the crisis at this point. They can't blame they, – they're going to blame President Biden, but they're – they can't really viably blame him. Um, it's it's something that happens every election cycle. They start showing images of caravans that may not even exist at this moment. Um, and then they try and invoke uh, that sort of fear. And then they have that sort of, uh, we're going to save you from this. And they're going to take your job. And they're going to vote. And they're going to take your vote away from you. And they're going to spread disease. It's the same sort of nonsense they've done every four years, every two years even, um, to try and scare people into a corner and, and to voting for them. And it's just it's another big lie of theirs. Well, of course, it's a big lie. But and I understand the 30 percent of MAGAs that no matter what Trump does, no matter what they say, they're on board. These people are murderers, they're rapists, they're killers. Some of them may be good people, but this is exactly the game plan. But here's the bigger problem, the way I see it for Trump. While he has that 30, 30 plus percent of MAGAs, he's lost, as far as I'm concerned, at least 50 plus percent of the independents. And those are, I don't even understand how it's not 100 percent, 
but he's lost at least more than 50. In fact, let me be fair about it. The way both Iowa and New Hampshire have shown it, 72% of independents would not vote for Donald Trump no matter what. That's a really good sign for Biden. Now, Absolutely. I, I also understand the election cycle shenanigans, but it's Donald Trump now coming out and making the statements. If you, for example, support Nikki Haley, you become excommunicado from the MAGA community. As if, what does that mean? You don't get that shitty fucking plastic Donald Trump, you know, MAGA, uh, you know, card that you could keep in your wallet that wouldn't even get you a cup of coffee. I mean, this is what he's saying. So how is it possible? How? That people are ignoring this, even the MAGAs. Yeah, I mean, it's easy when you have blinders on and you live in your own world where you have your own developed sort of news, even if it's fake news, you can uh, you can live in your own reality. And so the people that I've talked to that we've deprogrammed, and this is something that we'll go over, shameless plug, workinsubstack.com, um, you know, we, we talk to people that are MAGA or did not uh, subscribe to that before and they became addicted sort of to this world, this bizarro world where Trump is actually president. Biden's not even a real president. It's an actor. It's not even the real White House. This is all a big plan. And when it came down to it, it was people just people just wanted to live in this fantasy land. They knew that Biden was president. They knew that Trump lost, um, but they like they, they think that they're poking other people. They think that they're owning the libs by doing this. They think that they're doing something that, that is mm-hmm. substantial, that they're working on the element of the campaign, that, that they're subscribing to this world where if they say it enough times, it'll become true. And it's just not. And so even if you break through, even if they admit this, they'll loop back around and be like, but, but Obama – and, and like it, it'll come back to something that is just stupid as shit and it does, doesn't make any sense. And the same thing is going to happen with Nikki Haley. He's going to come up with those dumb catchphrases, whatever it is. He'll say Nimrata. He'll say something racist, something sexist, something. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And no matter what, um, you know, he's going to go he's going to go after her hard. But the, if I'm Nikki Haley, I'm looking at this and I'm like I'm gaining momentum like this is not me losing momentum. DeSantis is out of the way. That's helping her. And and now she's got a clear shot, the only clear shot to take the nomination. I don't think it's going to happen because the RNC stepping in, acting like Trump's going to be the presumptive nominee. But I think there's going to be a lot of time and money wasted fighting with each other. And that also is going to look terrible for Trump. Well, she's going to take him all the way to the mat. I don't think she drops out, even if she loses her home state of South Carolina. Um, I don't think she I don't think she drops out. And there's no reason for her to drop out. She has plenty of money behind her. There's just too many people that don't want to see Trump as the nominee. The problem is when you control as many people as he does via MAGA, you could easily become the presumptive nominee, which is exactly what's happening. He is not gaining any ground with women 
by attacking Nikki Haley. I can tell you that. He's not gaining any ground by attacking the undecideds. That's a guarantee. And where she's got, where she really has to go with this is she has to call him out for being the coward that he is and try to demand that he debate her. Since I'm such a bird brain and you are such a genius, why are you afraid to debate me? And she has to keep using that word, afraid, scared, petrified. If she uses those words, you're going to start to see even a lot of the magas who are living in that, this sort of, as you called it, the Truman Show, where, you know, nothing is really reality here. Joe Biden's not really Joe Biden. He died years ago. It's an actor like in the movie Dave. Uh, you know, it's not even taking place in Washington in the White House. It's on the set of some liberal Jewish, uh, <laughs> you know, set owner or Hollywood guy. I mean, some of them are really fucking stupid. You gotta, I mean, you gotta give them that. They really do take the cake on stupidity. We actually should start like a reality show. It's called I'm Stupider Than Shit. Right, you know, like they used to have that one that was uh, the darndest things that kids say. This would be like the stupid shit MAGA says. That would be a pretty good reality show. We just go around, you know, start interviewing some of these people that say just some of the stupidest things you could imagine. Um, but that's what Nikki Haley needs to do. Now she needs to put her foot on the gas. She needs to hit him with words that bother him. Scaredy cat, petrified, you know, petulant child, um, you know, ignorant, things like that, you know, um, blowhard. When you sh she starts to do stuff like that, and when she will go ahead and then, you know, really start holding him, holding his feet to the fire and forcing, you imagine, forcing a debate, at least between the two of them, it's game over for him. Yeah, I think so. And and with the what what seems to be cognitive decline, and I know they talk about age all the time, but he's seventy seven, Biden's eighty one. Like the age difference is uh, not a not really negotiable. Like it's two old white men that are going against each other. Um, one has proven his prowess, and one has proven that he's insane. And if you look at the two, the difference between the two. Uh, one, what I, what I like to point out most of all is who are they going to hire? Who are they going to appoint? Who are they going to put in their administration? Who are they going to put in their White House? You know, it, it, Trump probably would bring in all the Millers and everybody, the Gorkas. The and, Steve Bannons, you know, the Bannon, Marjorie Toilet <laughs> the Josh Hawley, so the Lauren Hoberts. We don't want well, Boobert, any of these people to be in the White House. Exactly. And that's that's who we don't want in, in the White House. He'll abuse his power. He'll be a dictator for a day. You know, all these different things. The trigger points, you're right. Nikki Haley knows all of those trigger points. Now, now whether or not she's going to break through in regards to the indictments and talking about them, I'm not sure if that would be successful for her. Um, but, it, it, you know, talking about the things that would really get him going to try and goad him into debating would be amazing. You know, trying trying to be like that exact sort of format. I could see her being able to do that. She has smart enough of a campaign team behind her. Uh, I know some of them and, and they 
I, I think they're going to play that game because they they've got to he's got to get out there now. He thinks he's the incumbent president that he doesn't <laughs> right. need to debate anybody. So I I do you I, I I'm not sure if he'd actually debate and under any circumstances unless she gains so much ground calling him a coward and whatnot. He he's like oh wait like I'm going to act like I'm going to call on her to debate me and then you know maybe he drags it out a little bit by saying. Oh, she refuses to debate on my terms because he says that I get 90% of the speaking time or something like that, where it's just, you know, it's not true terms that negotiating at the table. Um, but I, I, I see it hard to, I, I don't know what it would take to get him to debate because it just would be such a terrible yeah. thing for him. It would not be positive on any level. It wouldn't be a Trump Hillary debate where, you know, he's, he's spewing out catchphrases and just talking over. Or, I don't think it would be the same thing because those those are played out, and I don't think Nikki Haley would bite to that. Not to mention his handlers will never let him uh, debate her because, as we've seen recently, there is a cognitive decline that is taking place. He could make fun of it all he wants. He could try to use the word in a proper sentence, which he's having a hard time even doing that. But the part that really confuses me the most whether you're MAGA or you're not whether you're undecided or you're not is when he's actually looking to see America crash and burn when he turned around and he said that for example as we started out here with the um with the border we're telling them that if they you know if they vote for it that they are you know that they're hurting him but more to the point that he wants to see the stock market crash. Well, mm-hmm. they could say whatever they want, and I'm talking about the MAGAs, they could deny whatever it is that they want about the successes of, of Joe Biden. Here's what you cannot deny. That your 401k is up, and up substantially. That the stock market has hit an all-time high. Now, I just want to remind my listeners here, and and I would like you just to spend a minute talking about it, Scott. When the stock market hit an all-time high, and Trump was president, remember how he was on television 24-7 talking about how he is leading the greatest economy in the history of the world? If, in fact, that that's true, and I'm not even going to debate the issue. Fucking Donald douchebag, you know, von Schitzenpants. You're right. You're 100% right. It was the greatest economy in the history of the world. Here's the problem. Joe Biden just surpassed you. So what does that make you? Let's just say the second best economy in the, sec- in the history of the world with Joe Biden now taking first place. Inarguable. Right. You agree? Yeah, yeah. It's and, and you have over 14 million jobs that have been created through the economy, um, real jobs, good paying jobs, things that have, uh, you know, obviously Republicans are even running around their districts touting these jobs. Uh, these these are jobs they voted against. So it could be the Transportation Bill, Inflation Reduction Act, um, the CHIPS Act, it, it, w- whatever it is, they'll go back home and they'll talk about how they've, they've created all these jobs, but they've come from Biden's bills and Democrats passing them. And, and so it, it is interesting to see uh, exactly how how he takes credit. Trump takes credit for different things. 
Um, you know, I, I think that he he does want obviously the economy to crash. He does want there to be some kind of decimation. Like I, I know for a fact that he hopes for some sort of domestic terror attacks on Biden's watch. He hopes for uh, people, people doing things that are, are dangerous and violent. He hopes that immigrants break through and start killing innocent people, innocent Americans uh, like this, this bizarre world. He hopes that this happens because he knows that it would make him more popular. Or he'd be proven right. Um, and it's just not the American way. Like this is not how politics should operate. I've said this for years. Like when we have politicians, like they work for us. This is not some sort of deity. This is not someone who we should ever worship. We should be questioning them at all times. They work for us. And so we need to hold our politicians at the highest standard, not the lowest. And this backwards bullshit of thinking, oh, well, you know, this person is is really a reverend. They're speaking to my God. They're speaking to my senses. No, they're they're filling you full of shit so that you can mm. sit there and be fooled using social sort of cues, as in they'll talk about gay marriage, they'll talk about abortion, they'll talk about everything else while they're screwing mm. you about the economy and giving you no money in return and not cutting your taxes but cutting the billionaire friends. And this is all a cover for it. And so talking to people, working people, they're, they're starting to wake up and realize this is not a person who's ever done anything. Because if you ask MAGA, what has Trump actually done for you? What has he actually done? Tell me what he's done besides spew racist dog whistles and by, by you know, pig vomit constantly. Like besides just little one-offs where he can speak in, in little catchphrases. Besides that, what has he done for you? What has he done for your bank account? What has he done for your job? What has he done to make your life easier? And they don't have a damn answer to that. And when I talk about the successes that they do have, when they do talk about, oh, well, the healthcare, he's against that. When they talk about, oh, well, we had, to, you know, that, that uh, uh, we had some bonuses that came from the government. Uh, that's not, him either like none of this stuff came from him none of the yeah. benefits that you're enjoying came from him like don't cut off your arm to, to fix your face like you definitely you, you you can do you can support democrats and not be a bad person just because you live <laughs> in a red area exactly like support people who actually want to support you support people who, who want to work for you not people who want to be in power so they can help out their buddies and trying uh, you know, pardon themselves from the crimes they committed, 91 felonies and counting. Yeah. I know that went uh, a little bit further. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> but, funny, but, the funny thing, Tim, right? crash is not, I mean, the funny thing is that, that the other day, uh, you know, Joe Biden, uh, of course, was um, endorsed by the United Auto Workers. And they yep. really are, as far as I'm concerned, they're like the epitome of the working class American people. I mean, these are folks that are, you know, they're here, they're building this hundreds of thousands of them, you know, their union. And what do we know about Donald Trump when it comes to union? Well, he fucked them for sure, you know, by going with, un, you know, non-union labor and even the non-union labor, uh, you know, he didn't pay. But worse than even than even that for Trump is that Joe Biden actually showed up to the picket line because what was happening to them was wrong, right? And these are the people now that are going to be, as far as I'm concerned, 
the union, the union folks, the Gen Zs, the, the women of this country, they're going to be the reason that democracy survives in America. But Scott, if I can, I want to go to something that you recently did. You recently tweeted, and I'm going to quote, Trump wins Iowa caucuses because extremist Republicans voted for him. What a shocker, said no one. He will get trounced by President Biden again. Do me a favor, explain to my listeners why you feel so positive about Biden's chances of winning. One of them is that Democrats really didn't even knock doors in 2020 because of the pandemic. And that is a, a huge coordinated effort that's happening right now that's much different than in 2020. Um, so you, you're knocking on millions of doors. Like you're not you're not just knocking on thousands or hundreds of thousands. You're knocking on millions of doors. And that makes a big difference, especially to seniors, people who to, don't interact with many people. Um, so you, you have that. Uh, you also have Trump. His popularity is sinking uh, the the fear factor of is Trump going to get elected again will drive people to vote this time. It is not something that people take lightly. But mostly, I, I think women are going to save this election, and that's going to be the overwhelming voter pool. Um, you know, the 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 fact that Trump is proudly conveying that he would pass a national abortion ban. That he's that responsible he, he, for Roe v. Wade being mm-hmm. overturned. 50 years of starry, decisive, uh, starry, decisive, good law. Right. And a person who was a donor to choice groups in the past, <laughs> Trump, um, you know, it, it's this is the kind of animal that we're working with. But I, I think that. It's it's just not there. The you know he does have millions of supporters, but it's not enough to get him over the hump in different states. Now, uh, you know the differences were very slight before in 2020. But again, I think this is a dipper, different operating mechanism. I think that obviously, you know, there was a very stoic and more uh, template presidential candidate in Joe Biden in 2020. Now you have a man in 2024 who is is not taking shit from protesters. You know, I mean, think of how he did at the State of the Union with Marjorie Taylor Greene speaking through that. Think of how he talked about, oh, so so we all agree that we're not going to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid, cut anything with Social Security. Like, this is the kind of uh, reverse trolling or where he took over the name Brandon and mm-hmm. owned it, Dark Brandon, and used that for the campaign. Like, th- this is the sort of campaigning that we had learned from MAGA, that we had learned from Trump. Um, and so we, it, it's not getting down to their level, but it is getting to that snark. It's getting to the heart. It's getting to the comedy. It's getting to, to people's senses and emotions. And I think we're getting back to that 2008 sort of emotion of, yes, we can change Obama sort of uh, vibe um, that I saw in MAGA in 2016. So I think it's reversed, and I think that the energy is going to be with the Democrats. I think the positivity is going to be with the Democrats. The accomplishments are going to be th- with the Democrats. And I think that just the fact that he's indicted in, in these uh, 91 felonies, I, I think just that is going to be too much for people to hang on to. I think uh, Republicans are going to get walloped 
Um, and, and I think the numbers will will show that Republicans are going to have to really take a make a change here in regards to policy, in regards to what they stand for, because they don't they, they really are representing a very small population set in America. And they're not going to be successful in the long run in any elections. They're already losing in in Republican districts and state districts uh, in special elections. And we'll see how much. um you know, the Santos district that that'll probably flip as well with Suozzi. But like it is going to be an election that I, I think people are too energized and there's not enough. I think there's going to be too too many people who are dismayed and think that there's election fraud that's rampant on the Trump side of things that they won't vote, that they've driven them to not vote. They don't believe in voting. They don't think it'll work. They don't think their vote will count. And I think that that is the backfiring as well. But the biggest the biggest pool will be women voting. I think they they are uh, my friends, my uh, my aunts, my sisters, everybody. They are outraged and they are they are not they're volunteering. They've never volunteered before. They're volunteering. They're trying to get out the vote. Um, they're pushing people in regular, normal conversations at the kitchen table. Like this is the women are not to be fucked with. Like this is, uh, this is their election and they're going to win it. And Trump is going down. That's what I see. Uh, that's what I see on the front lines in the Midwest and in the South. I mean, I think you're right. Only because you see, I, when I say I, I, I know you're right, but you know who else knows that you're right, Scott? Donald von Schitzenpants knows that you're right. And that's why he's already starting with the same horse shit that if I lose, it's because the election was rigged again, right? I mean, this guy can, it's almost like, you know, a guy keeps throwing interceptions during a football game, right? Here, let's play this out since we're coming up to the Super Bowl. One team keeps throwing interceptions, and the other one keeps throwing touchdowns. And now the quarterback who keeps throwing the interceptions is saying, the game was rigged. You know, we really won. And you scratch your head and you say, all right, you know what? This is insane. And yet, and yet, for whatever the reason might be, again, there's still that MAGA group of people that want to buy by it. But for the most part, I'm with you on it. Women can't stand him already. Gen Zers can't stand him. All right. And, you know, like I was saying about the United Auto Workers throwing their support behind him, union folk, I believe now, can't stand him because they are seeing somebody in Joe Biden. Look, none of us can argue Joe Biden's age. None of us can argue he squints when he's reading the teleprompter. By the way, so do I, especially if I'm not wearing glasses. All right. You know, okay. He also, as we all know, had a stuttering issue. He's overcome that. And there are times that as he's reading, it still comes back to haunt him. But look at all of the accomplishments that have taken place under Joe Biden's administration. And I want to talk about one specific because, look, Biden's economic numbers have been spectacular. Even Kudlow the other day had to come back on air and apologize for his earlier statements. My question to you, though, Scott, is if the public doesn't actually feel inflation easing, 
Do you think that the numbers matter at the end of the day in terms of how well the economy is actually doing? You know, I think it's got to be what's got to be conveyed is the record profits, the greedflation that we're experiencing right now, record profits turned by corporations. Um, there was a report that came out today that a uh, m- majority of inflation is due to rising rent costs in America. Um, and that was released in the Washington Post today. Uh, the, the, I, I think it's got to be conveyed what inflation is and what the difference between inflation and people just being greedy, corporations being greedy and overcharging for eggs and overcharging for milk and overcharging for things that you need in your in your home uh, to feed your family. So I, I think that that's going to be a key component here. Now, people, when it comes down to it, people are going to look at the gas pump. They're going to look at the prices. They're not going to be paying attention to all this messaging um, and, and so they'll determine based on their wallet a lot of times. But just like any other presidential election, you'll see gas prices go down closer to the election. You'll see uh, prices go down in regards to eggs. I'm sure that they're negotiating with these different um, industries like they, they always do. Um, but th- this is this is something that's an epidemic. You have people who are being underpaid. They're sick of it. And, and so they were willing to strike. And now you have a union president, the president of United Auto Workers, willing to stand out this early in the election cycle and say Trump is a scab. And this is a now he knows they had that UAW rally and Trump could have come out to the pickup line, too. They would have welcomed them with open arms. They would have been like, this is great. Trump's here. Thank you for coming. That kind of thing. And instead, he goes a couple of miles away in, in the same vicinity to a non-union facility hands out hands out pro-union sort of signs and then tries to fake a union rally like this is some it's it's hard to overcome a union president who is going to uh be out there and scream about what you're doing at the same time when we he may be able to talk about inflation there's got to be that greedflation angle in response Greedflation is the the key component to overcoming this inflation nonsense because it is misinformation. It is not true in regards to inflation, like inflation prices, inflation, like a, a lot of it's a lie with how, how they're conveying it. And they're trying to say, oh, look at the prices of things. It's crazy. And like, look at the price of my $135 steak that I'm eating at this five-star restaurant. I, it's outrageous. And it's like, well, you're eating it at this place where they say that they flew it in from Japan and they did all the Like, so <laughs> the, the, it really, uh, this is fake. It's fake outrage. Let's They're also not forget pearls. for a second, it, Scott, that, you know, the UAW, as I was saying before, they're, they're a very significant voting block in this country. And I, and, I, and I just want to hear, as of February 24th of 2022, so I believe the numbers are even higher, but as of February of 2022, the UAW has more than 391,000 active members. And they also have more than 580,000 retired members. So just putting the two of them together, you're talking about approximately 1 million United Auto Workers that are still part of the voting block. 
And let's say that, hypothetically, they're all married and that they have each one child. Could you imagine the number you're talking about? You're getting close now to two and a half, three million people that are part of the voting pool that will vote against Donald Trump simply because he's a scab. I mean, that's a pretty fucking rough, you know, that's rough lingo by the president of the UAW. And he should be applauded for calling Trump, for calling him out for what he truly is. It, it opens a big door. I've worked in labor for almost two decades now, and it opens a door for other presidents of other labor unions, uh, AFL-CIO and, and down uh, SCIU, um, you know, it, it, CWA. It opens the door for those presidents to talk the same way because it's not going to be abnormal. And so this kind of campaigning, this is not how it usually is, especially this early usually they give an endorsement. It's like a press release. Maybe they'll make an announcement, have a small event, but they will not talk this clearly, this truthfully. And so this sets that precedent where if you're going to endorse him, you got to call out the opponent. You got to make sure that it, it, it's conveyed to the masses of everybody. Like this dude is a scab. This other guy stands with us. And like, that's how it's got to be. Because you can't push through. He had a lot of people in the that, that that were union members. Trump had a lot of people who were supportive of him, just because of the social issues, or just because they liked the cut of his jib. They didn't like Hillary. They didn't like Biden. Um, but now, when you have these union people, you have union people who work, uh, you know, at these factories that are coming out and saying the same thing. They'll repeat what the president had the union president had said fain and they'll come out and they'll say you know he hasn't been with us trump had like when has trump trump doesn't give a damn about us he's a billionaire that's going out there and taking care of his billionaire buddies biden's not a billionaire biden's standing with us even with his president like you so i think this comes out and then you have when you have that outspoken of a president like fain is with the uaw people that investigate why is Trump a scab? And then you have these news reports on why Trump is a scab. And that starts to spread. And, and so it's all, it, it, it's monumental. And that, just that sentence will be repeated over and over again, because I'm going to make damn sure of it, that it's repeated over and over again, because Sean Fain's saying that him standing up and saying Trump is a scab, and then people just, cheering it like yeah he is a scab he is an anti-union guy he is one of those guys who would union bust he is one of those guys who would send goons out to try and beat us like that is the kind of guy that trump is and making that clear you know pushing pushing that out there that messaging if it's clear i think you're, you're right it does also help swing the election i mean that's millions of people but it also appears i want to go back to what we were talking about um roe versus wade and Trump's self-laudatory pat on his fat ass, you know, to uh, take credit for the overturning. Because that act appears to be what Biden and Kamala Harris have made, and I'm referring to protecting a woman's right to choose, as the centerpiece of their campaign. 
My question to you, Scott, is how are the red states responding to having their reproductive rights stripped? And do you think that it will add up to crossover voters in the fall? You know, it'd be interesting to see it carrying over. There are some states that are going to have some ballot initiatives that will drive voters to the polls specifically on that one issue. Um, When we've seen the vote carry in conservative states, we've had some surprises across the board uh, in, in regards to the protection of women's rights and people overwhelmingly voting for that. Uh, including in Ohio, which sticks out to me. And I think a a lot of people will vote again in this coming election because because it it is a single issue that they care about where it's affected everybody in their family or themselves. Um, You know, I don't, most of the people in my life have had to get some sort of uh, treatment for women's health and and what we're talking about here is not just abortion, which is a small percentage of what, what happens in women's health clinics. We're talking about women's health and control of women in general. Uh, and so I think you see all of a sudden you have, you have Biden and Harris using it as a centerpiece of their campaign. Now, they've always pushed it. They've always supported it. But it, it's something that, again, it's unprecedented for them to be out there with a restore row banner in the background, them talking about supporting women's rights. It, it is insanely popular in places where you'd never think it would be, in especially in the Midwest, because abortion used to be, especially in highly Catholic areas, it used to be a very, like, you don't even talk about it. You talk about women's rights in general. You wouldn't mention the word abortion. Now you talk about it and it's a different sort of mode. It, it, it doesn't actually imply that specifically every single time. It's more about the women's right to choose, a women's right to choose what to do with their body. And as you have these horrifying stories like Kate Cox having to leave Texas or, or, or anybody who's had to suffer these um, terrible things during pregnancy. You have kids, you understand. I mean, like it, it is, you don't know what happens in the last seconds of pregnancy. You don't know what's going to happen. You could be presented with the fact like, uh, okay, the doctor comes up to you and says, do you want the baby to survive or the mom to survive? And the dad, a lot of times will have to make that decision real quick. And you're not, you know, it's something that you must have talked about before. And most of the time, the dad will choose the mom. Uh, And we're talking about also non-viable pregnancies where people are trying to get an abortion to save their life with a baby that's not going to survive in the outside world. So it's not like there are so many heartbreaking stories like this of parents who have uh, dealt with so much tragedy and trying to have kids and it, it, it connects with so many people. So, uh, again, as long as it's not just about this bullshit idea of uh, people acting like they're pro-life when in reality they're pro-pregnancy, uh, they, are not, <laughs> they are not actually supporting the woman through that pregnancy. They're not supporting the kids after that. They're not supporting the moms after that. I, I mean, it is not a pro-life. If anyone is pro-life by definition it is the people who want to support women's right to choose so roe v wade is going to continue to be a centerpiece of the campaign these stories are going to trump forgive my language there they're going to trump a lot of trump because these stories are going to overwhelm the press because there's so many of them and they're heartbreaking and they will rip your fucking heart 
out of your like it, it is it is terrifying, but the truth needs to be presented of what the the reality is here of how terrifying it is to be a woman now in our society. Like I can't imagine if somebody had control over my crotch, you know, like think of, think of if somebody had, (laughs) but that's the thing. Like we would never want that to happen. We'd never let that happen as men, like no way that we, no one can control any part of our bodies whatsoever. And uh, no one should control uh, my daughter, my mom, my sisters, my aunt's bodies ever. Like how sick. And they're forcing women back into these back alley abortions and other sorts of procedures that put their lives additionally in jeopardy. You know, it's, it's so, it's so fucked up. It really is. I couldn't believe it when, you know, when this thing, I never in my life thought that this was going to be something that would be overturned, changed. And so I never thought in my lifetime I would see something like my daughter having less rights than my mother. I mean, in this country, I, I don't I don't get it. But I want to move on. I want to ask you this, Scott, because you know me, I'm not big on polls, right? Uh I, 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 don't, I give very little credence to them. However, the way the polls are showing is that Biden remains polling in some places under 40%. At this point or at this stage of the game, do polls even matter right now? Um, with Biden, I think the good spot to be in for a president talking as a campaigner here the good spot to be for a president is is for room to grow to go up and and so i think of it as a part where you can actually incline from here a bad spot would be as if you're insanely popular at this moment and the only opportunity you have is to drop uh so my thought is you know momentum and as polls go up like and it Trump solidifies the nomination. And it's actually him. You know, we don't know who the opponent is. It could be Haley. It could be Trump. And so that is going to help solidify those polls. And then what people stand for, how much they learn about them. I think that's important as well. But who is taking these polls? That's what I've looked at extensively. It is not my friends that are under the age of 29. It is people who are picking up the phone or responding to an email and willing to actually respond. A lot of Republicans as well, friends of mine, have said, I, I told them because I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was like the real poll or if it was the Trump campaign because they were asking me, do I support Trump or not? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I support Trump. And it's like, get the fuck, like, I'm not talking to you ever again. So there's, there's a lot of people who may not respond honestly to a poll either out of fear. So there's, a, I, I think that there is, way if you localize it if you make it a a larger poll on a more local level or in a state level there are good ways to poll where you can get a taste of where people are leaning but i have never depended on polls as to whether or not an outcome i always uh have said to every team that i've ever worked with is we got to work as if we're behind and we got to sprint through the finish line and that's how it's always got to be so even if we were up by 10 points um, you know, we've got to work like we're down. And so no matter what the polls say, I think that the polls right now, that they're that they're not accurate in regards to how it will be 
you know, four months from now. Uh, I think it's just sentiment as in, yeah, I'm not happy with things going, you know, because they're they're not happy with things going right now. But when it comes to that Trump or Biden, I think that is going to be a much different uh, poll. And, and I think the average of all those polls on a given day, it does give a, a rather OK assessment as long as you keep within the boundaries of like, what are the ages of people? What are the races of people that actually voted in these polls? Like who you, you have to look at those segments, where they come from. Is it a national poll? Did they just pull this out of a hat? What kind of list did it? Like you got to look at those specifics. And if you don't, they are worthless to you. And they just, I, I don't think that it will, I think they've got to actually expand on polling, get a, a higher segment of the population, especially when they do national polling, which is complete nonsense because we don't have a national popular vote. So I, I think we'll see, we'll see Biden gain in the polls. Um, I think it's just natural. You're not going to see him drop much further and you're going to see Trump scare people into like, oh no, I, if I have to choose between the two, I'm choosing Biden. Let's also not forget that as of this moment, there are few, and when I mean few, I'm talking about very, very few advertisements being put out, released by the Biden campaign. They had one or two so far. Both of them went viral. Fantastic ads. But at the end of the day, you're right. If it becomes a Trump, uh, if a Biden versus Trump uh, you know, rematch, rest assured, you're going to see the airwaves flooded with the distinction, Biden, democracy, Trump, autocracy, you decide. That's where I see both the DNC, hello, Jamie Harrison, if you're listening to the show, democracy versus autocracy, right? Biden versus Trump, you put the two together somehow. Uh, that's where I would see anybody who goes into the voting booth and votes for autocracy, you should leave the country immediately because you don't belong here. But this brings me to another point that I am very critical of the media. Do you think, Scott, that the media is at fault for not giving Biden credit for his accomplishments sooner? I mean, again, and I'm going to repeat this because it's accurate. Biden is doing great things, but it feels like people don't know about it because we spend so much fucking time talking about Trump. The guy takes his shit. They're outside the bathroom door with the cameras waiting for something. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great one. It was the most beautiful one you've ever seen. And then, you know, the guy gets out of his, out of his Trump Tower property to go downtown for a, you know, for another defamation case where he raped somebody and they follow him in a motorcade back and forth. He makes a, a childlike exit from the courthouse because he doesn't like what's being said at closing argument by um, what by what by what's her name um, uh, Rob, by uh, by Robert uh, you know uh, uh, E. Jean Carroll's uh, attorney. He doesn't like what she's what's what she's saying. R uh, Roberta um, Kaplan. Uh, she doesn't like what what what's being said. So he picks himself up. He leaves. And who goes scurrying after him? The media. Like like a bunch of like 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 a bunch of sycophants themselves. 
Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the you know w- one thing is that the media isn't giving credit to the accomplishments because I think the messaging hasn't uh, broken through yet in regards to those accomplishments. Now you're going to see, you're going to see, I, I know this for a fact, you're going to see a lot of, uh, of touting of these accomplishments and also examples of bridges that have been built and things that have actually happened and people who have gotten jobs and the real life stories of these people um, these will be conveyed, and I and I think the media is going to have to cover them because the campaign is going to push it. I would assume, um, but it, it, it's just something that hasn't been pushed yet. My thought is, it's too early to push those accomplishments because they'll burn out. Now, if you want to do it right after the summer here, that might be a great time around convention a few months before the campaign is over before election day. Um, that would be a great time as well. Now we we do celebrate, you know, him especially on social media, uh, the accomplishments of the Biden administration about the job growth, over 14 million jobs created during his his tenure. Like I, I think that it's there, but you know what they want in the mainstream media is that salacious soundbite that they can play and get the ratings from. Um, and so they're chasing that. And instead of chasing that, uh, they need to be focusing on real journalism, which is digging into the stories that, uh, you know, we need to hear instead of you, you, you have all these journalists being laid off and, and you, you can't have real journalism if they can't spend more than an hour on a piece. You know, there's people who do well, stories not, for months. That's not their fault because Captain Chaos. Yeah is doing shit every second of the day, whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning because he had to get up to change his diaper or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe he gets hungry again in the middle of the night. So the thumbs, the little thumbs start going and he starts on his social media platforms or wherever else. And so they wake up to chaos. And just as soon as you're ready to go live with a story... And that story's not even complete. So you do, as you said, have to continue and to follow up with it. Well, you can't because there's a new story that's out there. But I do blame the media for this because what ends up happening is they're going, as you said, for the ratings. But it's not just the ratings. The ratings bring in advertisers. Advertisers bring in dollars. They're responsible to their shareholders. So it is a terrible cycle that doesn't care about information. It cares about the salacious things, the things that they can sell, the things that'll keep your eyeballs glued to the television set or for the clicks on whether it's um, you know a hard, the hard paper or it's on the internet. That's what they're all going for. And I do blame the media. I absolutely 100% do. They give him too much attention. Yeah, and they like if you look at CNN, they have uh, the title. It's not, not about E. G. and Carroll being defamed. It's the fact that Trump stormed out of the courtroom. You know, yeah. it's it's that that kind of spin where you want to you got to get the click. You, you got to draw people into the website. You got to draw them into the story or, or something along those lines. I've seen a lot of great journalism recently. A lot of a lot of independent journalism that then is picked up by mainstream media as well. Um, but it 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 is. It's just something that, uh, you know, in, in regards to Biden's accomplishments, 
Like there are so many um, that it does need to be whittled down to uh, specifics, but examples of people who have benefited from these accomplishments. And when you see Americans, hardworking American people, and how they've benefited from uh, these things that Republicans have stood absolutely against and spoke against, voted against, uh, if this is conveyed in a 30-second ad, which I, I'm sure it will be, uh, you know, th- that's where it comes out. That's where he'll get the credit because the ads will get coverage and, you know, there will be a press release about the ad, right. I'm sure, or whatever. And so that's when those accomplishments will more come out. And I think you're going to see more of that as time goes on closer to the election day. Um, so it, it, he maybe not yet. Uh, but after the summertime, I think you're going to be flooded with all of these stories and all these people. I, I wouldn't be surprised also if the Biden campaign welcomed stories or uh, incited sort asked people to share their own stories. And then they shared those yeah. across across the lines. And then especially, obviously, during the Democratic National Convention. So I, I you're going to see a lot of these uh, things come forward, but I, I think it's not just him touting it. It's those personal stories where he talks about the the tragic stuff, but then he also, with his accomplishments, he talks about this bill gave this person a job, and that person was able to do this because of it, and yeah. simplifying it so people can connect to it. Um, and I think those stories will come out further too. It, right now, I don't think it's important um, to to tout those accomplishments. It's important to work those accomplishments is important to push for the work to be done so that people actually have those examples. So it may not be the fun part of it yet where they can convey, mm-hmm. you know, here, here's something that we've really done. It may be the part where people actually are getting the job done and, and doing the work. Um, and then we can have examples of those closer to the election. Hey, Scott, do you see third party candidates like um, Robert Kennedy Jr.? or whoever, right? No labels, whoever they decide to run as a threat to either of the candidate or maybe both of them? Sure. I mean, it, I think it's more of a threat to Trump from what I see as, as to who would be willing to vote for them. Now, there are people who are drawn to the Kennedy name just because of JFK and links to that, um, RFK and, and uh, Teddy. Like, I, I think there are some links to that that where people are uh they they remember that name and they want to support that name and they don't really know much about him uh, but i think it, it really can draw if he's on the ballot in different states uh that are swing states it could draw away uh, from one or both uh most likely it would in my opinion, it would draw away from Trump just because there are a lot more right wingers that are supporting uh, Kennedy specifically at this moment. And I don't see a lot of people on the left wing falling for that trap. Um, now, I think about this. If he's gaining ground against Trump, what's Trump going to do? Trump's going to either probably go after him and then he would probably lose attention or maybe gain a lot of attention. Um, but I do see him drawing away votes, but not from Biden, not the same sort of plan that was there where they're trying to primary him and, and whatnot. But I think it will have an impact. I mean, it, it usually does. I mean, look at 2016 yeah. and the Green Party and what, what happened there. Look at how uh, most elections, there there is a if there is a third party candidate, it does have an impact on the election, even if it's 
you know, 10, 15,000 votes. I mean, it look at Georgia and the difference there. You know, it could make the difference in election. But I don't think I don't think it's the the, the same voter that they would hope would would come out where, where it's Kennedy name. It's going to be a left person that votes for him. I don't think the left will be fooled for that. So I, let I me really ask don't. you this, because we were talking about earlier about Trump's refusal to debate in the primaries. He's refusing to debate against Nikki Haley. You think that he'll be able to get away with that during the general election? Because, look, based on Trump's clear cognitive decline, it's obviously not going to be a smart move for him to debate whether it's Joe Biden. He can make fun of Joe Biden all he wants, right? But Joe Biden doesn't say wacky, stupid shit like Donald does. And on that, on, and on that stage, when you're debating... Not just America's watching, the whole world is watching. It's not I also the that, way that we do things, right, in democracy where you don't uh, show up for a general election debate. I'm just curious whether you think that he'll refuse to do that too. Uh, it'd be devastating for him. I, I think he'll refuse to do it. I think he'll be pushed into it. Um, I, I think it just would be if he didn't debate – just devastating. I mean, like coward, like everything you were talking about, Nikki Haley using in regards to terms, coward, uh, you, you know, you, you're a scaredy cat, you're afraid, you, you know, you, you're afraid to debate me like, oh, well, look at this coward over there. Like, he's afraid to debate. I'm ready to debate anytime, any place, anywhere. Like, I can see President Biden doing that. Um, he's got to debate. Like, it's just it's something where people will lead to disappointment like the the negativity surrounding that there's no way to really cover your ass with that in a general election he's not going to he's not going to get away with it it'll be devastating to him in, in the polls and also at on election day um it really you you need that debate like you, you just need it and, you know the and, problem though the problem with that though for donald is it actually opens up to the world all of the improper things that he, his family members, others around him have done. There is no question that Joe Biden cannot throw the response back to Donald right into his face. He's going to turn around and talk about Burisma with Hunter Biden. He's going to talk about how he took money from China. Took money from China? Nobody took more money from China than you. Whether it was with your property, $6 million in terms of rent, your daughter ended up getting a dozen or so patents in China that nobody ever gets, and she got it one, two, three. Your daughter and son-in-law pulled down $640 million while working in the White House. You, you went ahead and you have, you know, uh, received benefits from foreign countries. You've given away national top secret security documents. You've waved them around like you were showing, you know, a, uh, a Ty Cobb baseball card or a Honus Wagner baseball card. You know, you are not one to be speaking about improper actions. Nobody has done this more than you. You know, there's nothing that, that Trump can say to Biden that wouldn't come back to basically haunt him because, look, you're being charged with 91 felonies. By that time, 
I guarantee you the Manhattan DA case will already be over. The New York Attorney General case any day now uh, is going to, you know, is going to come down. Uh, Judge Ngoron will come down with the decision in that case. Uh, chances are at least the January 6th, uh, not the, uh, the other uh, uh, case, the um, the other Jack Smith case, uh, right, will end up, uh, you know, starting or being finished, maybe awaiting verdict. But there's nothing that Trump can say that Joe Biden can't come back with a zinger and a half to take him apart. Yeah. And he, he can, it, I, I think it'll, it, it's just something where he'll try to talk over. Like, there's going to have to be some rules there that I'm yeah, he sure that the Biden rules. campaign will, like, cutting him off. And, like, you know, I, I think he'd want to keep things short and talk over him and things like that. I, I'm guessing that most of the debates would be a wash. Uh, you know, I, I don't, but I, I think he's got to follow through with it. Like, I, I don't. I can't imagine, of course, this is why he won't do it, because I can't imagine that Trump would actually back out of debates and work out for him. But maybe that's what he's doing here. He's setting the precedent of, like, I don't debate people. I don't don't have to do that. So maybe that's the whole point, besides the fact that he didn't want any of the Republicans to gain any ground, and the only way that they would do that is by attacking him to his face. Um, So I I think it's, it's definitely... You know, I, he's got a debate. It's going to make it too easy for Democrats to go after him. And that'll spread. That'll trickle down to other Republicans where it's like your dude is afraid to debate Biden. Like yeah. and that can that just talking point, that one talking point can overcome any of the their, you know, like any old age, anything like that. You're afraid to debate him. You're yeah. afraid to debate. You're afraid of like. Exactly. Anything that they have. Hey, Scott, so, so let, let me ask work. you this because the hour goes by really quickly on Maya Culpa. So I have one last yeah. question to you. I get this question asked of me all the time. Any idea who Trump will choose as his running mate? And more importantly, who do you think that he should pick as his running mate? Somebody who might be able to help him out the most. I think right now they're going to they're leaning towards at least Stefanik. Um I don't think that that would be a wise choice. I think that he uh, favors uh, her because of the talking points. The wisest person for him to, you know, it's a odd choice. She wouldn't accept it, but Nikki Haley would be the obvious choice uh, to to because it's um, a different set of values and views. It's a person who's gone against him and you know talked about his mental fitness. Um, but I, I think Nikki Haley would be at the top of that list clearly at this point, not just the ground she's gained, but also t- to form that, to mold that splinter back together again. Um, I, I don't think they'll be able to repair that in time for no the general chance. election. No chance. Yeah, but I, 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 but I, I would say that it's going to be between Stefanik and, and uh, Senator Scott, Tim Scott of South Carolina. Scott, thank you so much for joining me again here on Maya Culpa. Appreciate the insight. Appreciate you. And we'll definitely be having you back as we get closer to this election. Thank you, sir. And I'll have a write-up of this interview on dworkinsubstack.com. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Appreciate it. Make sure you check it out. And now for today's mea culpa. 
Republicans are once again gunning for Fannie Willis, the esteemed Georgia prosecutor with the RICO case that has ensnared Trump, Rudy, Mark Meadows, and the January 6th insurrection gang. Now, despite four people already pleading guilty, including Jenna Ellis and Sidney released the Kraken Powell, Friday, a resolution was filed by Trump allies in Georgia to investigate and impeach Willis, alleging that she should be removed from office after using her position as district attorney for her political gain and her possible conflict of interest by hiring her potential paramour, Nathan Wade. And let me tell you, this situation is getting ugly. Willis has been accused of living it up on the state's dime with Wade, a lawyer she hired to help her with her expansive RICO case. She was even subpoenaed to testify in Wade's divorce case. And when she refused, the ex-wife released credit card statements that show Wade bought vacation tickets for both her and Willis. But to be fair, having a relationship with a lawyer outside her office, it's not a crime. And it shouldn't even be a big deal. But Republicans will seize upon everything and anything to shut this case down. Willis and Wade have yet to publicly respond to the allegations. But the point is, they have already been branded by Republicans as unfit. And somehow, somehow, they're having an affair should mean that the RICO case should go away so that guilty insurrectionists will get off scot-free. Republicans can't get elected without messing with voters' rights and gerrymandering maps. But a RICO case, a RICO case of this magnitude that implicates so many established Republican heroes would definitely have an effect on the election. And let's face it, if they do not want the rule of law to impede on their lawlessness, they don't want to pay for the January 6th anymore, then they want to pay for the crisis that they have created at the southern border. Even Mitch McConnell has admitted that they don't want to fix things there because it would look like a win for Biden in an election year. And nothing gets a MAGA whipped up like the idea that illegals might crawl under razor wire to get into our country. The lawless stance that Republicans have taken, it's fucking indefensible. I want to see criminals on both sides of the aisle be prosecuted. Break the law and pay the price. That should be the statement. Period. End of story. And I should know, I've done time for breaking the law. In fact, I've done time for not breaking the law. Though my partner in crime at the time was none other than Donald J. fucking Trump. Not yet anyway, here's my point. My point is, Republicans are now actively seeking to dismantle our system of justice. Yesterday, they love the Supreme Court. Today, they hate them. Why? Well, because the court did not side with Texas. The high court threw out a lower court decision, meaning that federal agents can resume cutting the razor wire that Governor Abbott put in place to injure or kill immigrants trying to cross the Rio Grande. Now Abbott has vowed that the state will keep adding more razor wire, saying that Texas's constitutional right to defend itself outweighs federal law. Really? 
I don't think so, motherfucker. That's wrong. Because the ruling of the Supreme Court means nothing to Abbott unless it swings his way. That's called lawlessness. Now you've got all these red states saying that they stand with Texas in their lawlessness. Some calling for civil war. I mean, seriously, get a hold of yourselves, Republicans. I mean, you want people to die so that you can continue your lawless behavior? I mean, I think you do. And I wish the president would cut off all federal funding to states that stand with Texas. But it's the people who would suffer, not the power-hungry politicians who created this mess in the first place. In the words of Jack Smith, we have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. And that's exactly how it should be. And you know, we're beginning to see it, even as it relates to the former president. And as always, my friends, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is written by Paula Killen. Our managing producer and editor is Lisa Orkin. Mea Culpa is a Midas Touch podcast, executive produced by the Midas Touch Network and LSJ Media Group. 